Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined, we have a guest today. Hi, Matt. Matt Galipsy. Hello. We have Vance. Hi, Vance. How you doing? All right. We have Todd. Hi, Todd. Hello. I'm here. Okay. Everyone's here. The phones are working. Let's hope they continue to work. And I got Ranger. Hi, Ranger. Like normal. Doesn't talk much. So... I guess I'm just going to go right through these plugs, and we're going to go kind of quick today because we got we got a guest, and I want to give him the most time possible. So this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products, FattyZMuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to a lesser extent. I'd probably say that uh, is a descending order. So, um, you know, Christmas, It's yeah. let's just face it. If you're buying right now off a website, you're probably not going to get it by Christmas. It's late Friday night. So you can always shoot for that, that late Christmas. You guys ever do that, like knowing that your Christmas, you know, your party or family, whatever you're going to meet up, you can kind of like lead it correctly if you're buying late. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like if your party's like, oh, it's going to be the 30th because we're doing everything all at once. Well, if you're one of those people... I think rod holders are, are right right up your alley. I think that would be perfect. So you can come and contact me. I heard some laughing. I think it's great. Rod holders are good. And uh, hit mm-hmm. me up. I will go ahead and I'll give you my opinion. I'll give you advice. And you can make an informed decision. All of that is free. All you got to do is get in touch with me with one of the social media outlets or through the website. And the baits you know, baits are starting to get painted. Things are starting to get rolling. We're going to be going to Ohio here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have we're going to have a pretty decent selection. I'm not sure what we're going to have for show colors, but we're definitely going to have standard colors. You know, I'm I'm running against the clock on this, but we're gonna we're gonna see how things go. And um, other than that, you know, you can check out Team Rhino Outdoors for the uh, exclusive colors and Musky Tackle Online for standard colors. And that's all I'm going to say for AZ right now. So, Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Give us a call. People will be fishing from uh, Memorial Day through November. Next season on Chautauqua Lake, I'll also be ready to do some early season trips here in Pennsylvania, April, May. If you're interested, give me give us a call. Vance and I will do everything we can to get you on some fish out there on Chautauqua Lake come Memorial Day through the summer and into the fall if you know when you're coming by all means get a hold of us sooner rather than later sometimes on the you know there's sometimes on the schedule that's already booking up pretty good booking trips every day so get a hold of us we'll do our best excellent um vance you want to do vix yeah Vic Sports Center uh, in Kent, Ohio. Check them out. They're busy right now, winterizing boats, getting ready for sales for the spring. Um, hit them up for service. Uh, hit them up for all your boat buying needs. They got Starcraft, Star Welds, and the Ranger Boats. Big shout out to Ranger Boats for sponsoring the show, too. Uh, Todd and I really dig uh, our rigs this past year. Uh, and Looking forward to fishing out of them again next year. So, all right, and uh, you know, check out. Thanks for rods. That's right. I was going to do that, but you 
jumped yeah. in. So uh, if you're looking for a rod, check out St. Croix Rods. And uh, big thanks out uh, heading out there to uh, Boss Shad. BossShad.com. And I think that's right. Oh. And uh, check them out there for uh, trolling baits. All right. Muskies, Inc. Anybody here hear, hear of Muskies, Inc.? Todd, Vance? No, I've heard of them. You yes, heard sir. of them? Matt, have you heard of them? Fantastic. Look at that. Muskies, Inc., man. That, there's like four or oh, five-star but... reviews right now. Yeah. Todd, what's up? But, Matt, you, you had something to talk about with Muskies, Inc. You said you yeah, so, uh, so down here in Virginia, um, new chapter uh, as of last year, chapter 76, uh, Virginia Tooth Tamers. 60 members in this new chapter so far. Uh, it's going fantastic. It's new, but, you know, I mean, what else can you say about it? But if, if you're musky fishing, if you're in this game, we all want the same thing. We want to be able to go out and catch fish, sustain a fishery, pass it on to the next generation better than, than what it was for us. So Muskie's Inc. is the key to that, man. I mean, you know, 45 bucks a year, whatever it is. Uh, even if you're not, you're not on a board, you're not, you know, whatever. Anything you can do as a, as a fisherman, especially a musky fisherman, there's no question about it. No question about it. Yeah. The uh, definitely your, your members. There's 60 members that came in. So, is, is that did that was just like a big everyone was pushing for this. It they you know the the chapter formed. Boom. Is there like how do you guys recruit? I mean, are you doing social media or word of mouth? So they have a social media page, and and I'll admit it. You know, I'm one of the guys that's uh, I'm not really active in it, and that's because of schedule. But of course, I am a member, and I, I do you know I try to keep in touch with several of the guys, but. Uh, you know, doing some, they're doing monthly meetings here. Uh, they're going to do a year long tournament for, uh, 2019 that I understand they've got, they've got several entries in that, uh, doing some fundraising right now, some studies, but yeah, mostly, uh, social media and through the board communication, uh, emails, all that good stuff. But you know, 60 members, a lot of people. And that's, yeah, I was going to say, did you say they started last year? Started last year. Going to yeah, last year. Yeah, I'd say that's a that's a lot of members for. Yeah, you know, I've heard, and I I don't want to say for sure because I don't know, hundred percent. I haven't actually looked at it, but I have heard that that's one of the largest chapters in the country. Uh, and you know, being a year old, so wow, just to say, you know, we yeah, and we went a long time without having that. You know, so one of the local guides here, you know, he kind of spearheaded this thing and. I'm not sure exactly who he talked to. I talked to when this thing was to him when, when this thing was first going. And, you know, it's exciting to see that, especially fishing several years without it. Uh, you know, all of us heard about the deal with the, the walleye fishermen, you know, up north this year. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys talked about it. Big, big threats with that. We get the same thing here with, with smallmouth guys, you know, with bass guys. And the truth, it's, it's about education. It's about everybody having a resource. But, and if you don't have, I mean, having Muskie's Inc. behind you, you know, the huge club, all the people, I mean, you got a little bit bigger voice there. And it's, people have to understand that when politicians get involved in biology, you know, that's, that's never going to go good. But biologists have to listen to everybody, whether it's the guy catching perch, sunfish, bass, whatever, all the way to us Muskie guys. Having the knowledge, you know, the backing of Muskie's Inc. behind you is, it's tenfold, tenfold. So, 
it's it's, it's also, exciting to uh, to have that here now. It's it's also nice, you know. I I would think from the standpoint of if if you you know if you do engage in a conversation that that could be slightly confrontational with an with an angler from another species, you know, whether it be whatever, um, if you can say, you know, the the stuff you're saying, you know, you might think is true, but it isn't. You know, here's some resources that you know if you wanted to, you know, take some time to look at it. You know, it's, it's like this is a bigger entity than you just saying my opinion versus your opinion. And absolutely, you know, and like yep. I, I'm, I'm kind of shoehorning this story in, but I, you know, it was just last week. You know, I have a, you know, a, a guy that I hear that I'm good friends with, and we we exchange some information, and he got a really nice fish at a community hole here, and uh, you know, I was. Uh, I asked him, I'm like, that's a good fish. You know, this is through a text. I said, what, what did it tape? And he's like, I didn't get a tape. You know, I had a walleye guy come over and, uh, pull out his pistols and said, you know, something, you want me to take care of that for you? And he just, he hoed it and and got out of there. But, you know, of course, you know, I don't know the context of that, but it's still, it's one of those, here's a guy sitting on the bank, literally trying to catch fish to kill him. And the guy that wants to put him back, the guy's like, I'm going to shoot it. And, you know, yeah. and if, if you ever do get in a conversation with something of that nature, you can almost say, you know what, you know, perhaps maybe you want to check this out. You know, that they are not eating your fish like you're eating your fish. Exactly. That's exactly right. If you can, if, if, if you do nothing else, and they're doing that here, you know, they've put up some signs at some of the boat ramps, uh, you know, some of the tournaments that they've had. They do a, uh, a charity tournament for one of the guys that passed here. Uh, it's been really good. They, they put up some signs doing that. If you can get somebody to log on to the Game and Inland Fisheries website and take two minutes to read it, you might change your whole outlook on things. And that's that's what it's about. You know, we're all after the same thing. We all want to be able to go catch fish, enjoy it, and leave it leave it for the next generation. That's right. That's, that's everybody's goal. So, Muskie Zinc all the way, man. Absolutely. You, that was a really really good plug for Muskie Zinc. Blood. <laughs> All right, Matt, is there anything else that you want to uh, give a shout-out to before we dive into this? Yeah, one more thing. Uh, let me give a shout-out to my boy, uh, Chad Weiss. I hope I'm saying that right, Chad. <laughs> uh, you are. But anyway, you are. He's, uh, that's what I was hoping. He's, he's going to be at the Ohio show, uh, Weiss Bait. You can check him out on Facebook. Uh, there's going to be some awesome bait makers there. Uh, of course, Baker. Baker needs no, no introduction. Baker's the man. Uh, you know, a lot of really cool crankbaits, but Chad is, uh, you know, he's got a really unique style of bait, and he's got some different sizes. Uh, I've had some success with him here personally, but mm-hmm. yeah, check him out, man. He's only going to be at Ohio this year. I don't think he's doing Chicago, so uh, really good action, really, really cool bait, so check him out. Hit him up. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was, I think it was just yesterday I found out he was going to Ohio. He, he messaged me on Facebook. We had a slight conversation back and forth, and he was like, see you in Ohio, and I'm like, I guess you're coming. So that's, that's, that's nice. Cause he was on the show not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one of his, uh, I'm gonna throw this out there. I hope he didn't mind, but I've got one of his, uh, smaller blanks. Mm-hmm. That he started doing, and that is a really cool bait. Hmm. I've got a paint. They're little, got they're, a, got those, little Lexan, those little, yeah. uh, like sand lips. Yeah. I yeah. saw that that's new for him this year. Those are, those are pretty cool. Yeah. I would imagine they're going to have some pretty killer thumps too. Just, just mm-hmm. by looking at that. So, Mm-hmm. Put some color on that baby tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right. I think we're done with plugs. Okay, Matt. 
Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and just give us give us an overview, and we're going to see where this goes. All right, so, uh, yeah, I'm down here in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, uh, just outside of Roanoke, Virginia. It's where I live. Fifth year on and off my whole life, I've moved, uh, spent, spent a few years in West Virginia with my job. Uh, wound up moving back here. But uh, been musky fishing now probably pushing 20 years here, maybe. Uh, you know, got into tournament fishing for bass, and then that translated over into somehow, and, and to this day I couldn't tell you how, but translated into musky fishing. Uh, everybody's got that, that switching stage, and that was mine. And I got addicted to it. Of course, now I've got, you know, a jet boat, a bunch of two-foot lures and paint shop and, you know, <laughs> just the way it transitions. But uh, love it, man. I'll meet up with it. Uh, enjoy it. The fishing rivers down here, you guys know that. But uh, pretty much two major rivers. We're fishing the James and the New down here. We have a few, like, two small lakes. Uh, don't fish those quite as much. So, but uh Seen the sport change a lot over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just since I've been into it, you know, a lot of a lot more popularity now, a lot more influx of new people. Did Again, that, that's where you know Muskie's Inc. helps a lot. Yeah, that influx. Uh, I'm I'm going to pull you a little bit here. That influx of people. How, do you think it has, based on your personal experience, not the sport as a whole, do you think that that has a positive or negative impact on you personally where you're fishing? Well, I, I'll say it like this. Okay. Thinking, thinking off the top of my head here. So maybe on me fishing, I would say maybe it's had a negative impact because mm-hmm. obviously if, you know, if I could go out there and have all the fish to myself, well, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's not a reality, right? So the sport here, it's been a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I could say that just in one thing, you know, with, with the club being formed, but people, people have learned, you know, 20 years ago here, if you were muskie fishing, you know, this is Virginia. Mm-hmm. You, nobody thought about Virginia when it came to muskies. So, you know, you thought about Wisconsin. You know, you, if you saw it on a show when you were a kid here, it was a big deal to see them. Oh, that's a muskie. You know, I'll never see one of those. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, we, I mean, really, we've got a great fishery and uh, it's got a lot going for it, but it's also fragile. And the key is these new people coming in, you know, catch and release is big. Uh, management is big, handling is big, all that stuff. You know, we don't have, uh, you know, the land of a thousand lakes. So as long as that continues, it's it's going to be nothing but positive. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, and, and the reason... The voice and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the reason I asked that was because, you know, you, you, you dropped like that. You, you This wasn't your third year doing this. So you actually right. could see like Todd. Todd has the experience of you know, going back to the steel rods and the direct drive reels. And, it, and it's, it's, it's neat and interesting because you are not in a place like you mentioned that is dominated by this musky fishery. And it was, I, I was just curious to see, see how you felt about that. I mean, there are some, you know, and the other thing too, is you build relationships with people. I mean, I've met, you know, from doing this, you know, back Baker, I mean, like I was telling you, Baker and I met years ago when he first started, uh, him and I, you know, probably started building lures about the same time. You build awesome relationships, relationships with people and great friends and, mm-hmm. and you learn a lot, but, uh, there's some good guys down here doing it and it's, it's going in the right direction. You know, you hear people down here now, you know, if you, if you keep one, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a sin, 
you know, I mean, that's it, that's almost everywhere now. But but here, we were behind. You know, we were behind all that. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, you don't worry you don't worry too much about people keeping them. You know, so I mean, tell there's us. probably hundreds of thirty seven inches here on 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 older people's walls. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the regulations in the waters you're fishing. So that just changed. Uh, we do not have a fifty inch limit here. We have a slot. And off the top of my head, you know, to be honest with you, I don't pay much attention to it because I have no intention of keeping any anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but I did yeah. I did talk to the biologist about that. And uh, that's, I think they started that, and I might be wrong, but I think they started that in 2016. It used to be you could keep two a day over 42 inches. Mm-hmm. They changed that, and I think you can keep one a day in between. I want to say that I might be wrong, so go check if you're listening. If you're going to go fish here. If you want to go but, pull some fillets. Yeah, <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think you can keep one between 42 and like 48, and then it's all release under and over a that. Slot. That's yeah, interesting, a slot, a slot limit for, for muskies. That is the great. reason, I, and I questioned that. I heard that. of that before. I've yeah, I questioned that when they, you know, because, you know, we some of us call the biologists, you know, we ask questions and all that stuff, and you can get into it, you know, and, uh, Everybody down here for a long time was 50-inch limit, 50-inch limit, you know, and, and, and his reasoning behind it, and Virginia Tech is the one that did that study, but uh, they felt like there were too many smaller fish, you know, creating too much competition, and they mm-hmm. did the same thing with smallmouth, and, and they said it, it worked, you know, they want that trophy fishery, that's what they're looking for, and they, and they felt like through their research that that was the best way to accomplish that, but of course, you know, still, I... And it may be, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some out there getting kept, but the guys that are fishing for them, I mean, the yeah, ones I know anyway, 95% yeah, we, they're letting them go. Yeah, we yeah. talk about that all the time. It, mm-hmm. The size limits for muskie fishing really doesn't matter. It, it the doesn't. only time it matters if, if you know, if you're going to harvest one uh, and if it, if it makes it or you got to let it lay because it doesn't reach the size limit, which really sucks. Right. Um, but what what how's some uh the regulations with um the seasons is is there is it always open this is open uh, season down here open season open yeah. season rod limitations uh no no rod limitations so, okay, you, so you could run like 20 rods you could but you'd be very busy oh well of course yeah, that but i'm just saying that you in theory could it's not a three rod two rod one rod sure yeah oh that you could is go out there and drop 20 suckers if you wanted to yeah absolutely holy crap Wow. Yeah. But you have to picture too, you know, this is, of course, rivers. Uh, you guys know that. But I mean, on average, maybe what, eight foot deep, you know, rock bottoms. Uh, yeah. So you're going to be, you know, most guys down here cast. I mean, there's some trolling that happens, but it's nothing like Chautauqua trolling or, or LSC trolling, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just because of contour. That's why. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You can do it. And, and, you know, we do it some. Uh, but it's, it's you're not running nothing, nothing big, like uh, lake fishing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not running a real big uh, wide yeah. planter board spread. And like now, you know, of course, that's a disadvantage of the river. I mean, it's flowing at 30,000 feet and muddy and rolling and 50-mile-an-hour winds. So that's a disadvantage to it. You know, yeah, I got open season, but like this year, wettest year on record. Uh, look, today it was over 61 inches of rain, I think, that we've had for the year. And you just can't go. You know, just can't go. Much as much so, as I'd kill to be out there, you, you can't do it. So it's been it's been a tough year because of that very high water. So. Very yeah. much so. And I think it's been like for, for most of the eastern mid Atlantic, 
you know, mm-hmm. all the Ohio guys, the PA guys are having the same problem this mm-hmm. year. It's been good when you can get out there, but just limited man to to do it. You know, like that's the drawback of it. Typically, in, in your area, are you dealing like what? What's your summer highs and and what are the 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 winter lows? To, uh, air temperature. Summer highs, man, blue blazing misery. Uh, I'm like you, Andy. I'm all about double nickels. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get that here, man. We get, you know, this this was a hot summer this year. I mean, I think we had it, it was it was at least a two week stretch over 90 degree air yeah. temperature. I mean, it was humid, sticky. I mean, it gets hot. Uh, water temperature will get you know get over 80. Not not uncommon. Uh, that can happen anywhere from you know. Just depends, but anywhere from mid June and, and typically July and August, man, it's blazing hot. We don't get a lot of rain, so most years, so you get low, you get low water too, low and clear, uh, and that heats that water up even faster because that sun can penetrate. But mm-hmm. you guys time, do them all summer. Uh, some guys do. I don't. You don't. You know, that's that's a big debate thing. But what summertime for me? You know, that's when I go out there and bass fish, uh, mm-hmm. take the kids, you know, swim, wade. Uh, you know, I. I ease up on them. I, I'm not – I have no proof of it. It's everybody's own decision, own choice, but it's just for me that's a couple months off, you know. I don't enjoy it as much when it's, when it's like that, and I just don't do it. But, you know, all the way up, typically through here, down here, June, uh, July and August, you, you have to watch. If you're, if you're concerned about water temperature, you need to watch. But you can, you can get in most of June. You can pick up some night fishing a little bit in June. Uh, and then pick back up in September, you know, and your water temperature usually start coming down in September. But averaging winter lows down here, I mean, we've had we've had 15 inches of snow this year uh, so far. Mm-hmm. It's almost all gone now, but that's un, unusual. I mean, usually we don't get any snow this early. So, but we've had some we've had some cold days early this year. But I would say if you averaged it out, you know, from from December to February, I mean, probably. You can get some. You can get some single-digit days. We fish some single-digit days, but probably forties. You know, I'd say nothing. Nothing like you guys get. So, so you're uh, not investing in ice fishing gear, are you? No. I okay. remember I, I was telling. Uh, of course, I was telling you, Andy, earlier. We talked today, but uh, fished a taco a couple times, and I don't know where it was. We we were up there, and we stopped at some little cafe, and we're, we're on our way out of town, and we were eating, and got to talking to the girl that was working there, and she said. Uh, she said, yeah, snow's coming. You know, it was in September. She said, it's not too far off. I said, how much How much do you guys usually keep on the ground? She said, oh, three to four. <laughs> I was like, well, three to four inches, that's not that bad. She goes, no, nah, it's three to four feet. I was like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going back down south right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, don't, we don't get anything. I mean, we, we'll get some good ones. We, we'll get some, you know, some 24 inches every once in a while. But mm-hmm. like the last two years, I don't think we've had a good snowstorm uh, up until this month, you know, last two years probably. That's interesting. So, like, really, it's kind of like a winter retreat. You can go and, and fish soft water. Those river fish, I, I like the river fish in the cold. Yeah. And, you know, that, that just sounds like heaven to me. That's great. I mean, that's, you know, we wait. I mean, I enjoy, you know, May, uh, May and June, too, after that spawn. But, man, winter fishing, I, I enjoy that a lot. And I enjoy it in deer season because everybody's hunting. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we like that when everybody's out there in the woods. You know, we get to go fish. There's nobody there. But All to yourself. 
How are you those fish? Some really, some really good days in the winter. Yeah. How, how are those fish acting on you in the in those cold water temperatures? Are they are they active uh, or are they they lazy? How do you like to talk? How do you like to target them? You know, it just depends. If I had if I had to look at it, you know, over the past you know fifteen years since when you really it takes it's like I tell people you know these new guys it, it'll take you five years before you can get a grip on this might happen in December you know. But it seems like the first part, like December, November, December, you know, gliders are hot. Uh, you know, stuff like jerk baits, dying dogs, that kind of thing is hot. Then you'll get on into late January, February. Uh, March is shaky. March, you never know here. But a lot of times here, February is, is your coldest, coldest swap. And they're not as active then. You know, you, you got to slow down. You got to you got to find them, you know, that's when, you know, you go out there and all of a sudden you're throwing gliders and you're seeing 12, 13 fish a day. You're moving 12, 13 fish and nothing. It's like they're gone, you know, and a big part of it here too is, is water clarity. I mean, like right now it's muddy flooded. It might take it a month before it clears back up. So, you know, do you even visual bait? Fish it? We'll fish mud if, you know, if we have to, I, I, I don't like it, but, you know, they're like any other fish anywhere else. If they got to eat, you know, they still have to eat. So that's when you put on, you know, we use noise, rattles, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, and and you'll still catch fish. You can catch some nice fish. You can catch some nice fish like that. It's just like, you know, it all goes back to the whole the whole deal. It's like it, like I tell people, it's time on the water. The, the, the more you're out there, the more your odds go up. And if, you know, if you, if you want to go and learn to catch fish and, and stay in water, then you got to go. You know, you just got to mm -hmm. say, I'm going to go do it. But they, my preference is not staying water. You know, I don't like it. I, I don't like it, but, hey, it's better than sitting on the couch. Got to get out and do it. You know? mm -hmm. I, I like and to I think this year is going to be one of those years where we see a lot of staying water. Yeah, I, I try to. Now, I don't know how, like, how the river systems, you know, really connect up down where you're at, but. I, I kind of enjoy the stained water because I can use it for leverage to find seams of, you know, feeder yeah. streams and, and other clearer water that in my mind, I think the fish would want to go there, but I, I have no proof, but I, I know where I want to fish and yeah. it just gives you that much more confidence going to those right. spots with that. But I mean, do yeah, you have right. like a feeder stream network that's decent or is, I, I'm envisioning really steep rocky mountains and you're fishing in these bottoms of these crevasses and which may not even be uh, close. There, there's, there's some feeder streams, but not, you know, the areas that I'm fishing, I mean, I mean, you can fish, you know, these rivers, I mean, you can fish 70 miles of these things. Of course, we, you know, we only fish certain, certain areas and a lot of that's just for time, but you're right. So the feeder streams, you know, they'll clear up first and. And some days you can go out there and, and you can almost draw a line in between that, in, in between the middle of the river. You know? I love that. Yeah. And you have mud on one side, clear on the other. And you're exactly right. They're, they may not go there. That may not be anything they think about, but it gives you confidence. You know, I'm going to try this area first and, and, you know, maybe fish there. You're hundred percent right. Confidence is confidence. Is a big part of the game. No doubt. Yeah. What time of year do like, you think those fish are spawning down there where you're living? March? I'm going to say late March to mid-April. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm going to say. And, you know, that's going to vary year to year. I mean, sometimes we could have a we could have a two-foot snow in March. You know, mm -hmm. March is just, it's a, here it is a shaky month, shaky month. And then 
last couple years, uh, I think it started in March. Because, you, I mean, I don't know what it's like up there. I know you guys were talking like you had seen them paired up. When it happens here, it's like they disappear. They're gone. They are yeah. gone. And, you know, I'm, I know you can go out there and catch them, and I'm sure there are guys that do, but I have never had success doing that, and I don't focus on it. You know, I, when that happens, I'm just like, I'll see you in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. Go hammer stripers and, and walleyes and stuff. That's typically what we do. But the right around, and, and then May, you know, it seems to pick back up. May, you can, you, you'll go out and they'll, you'll start seeing fish. You'll start seeing them move. And, and you can have some exceptional days there. They're fattening back up, putting that feed back on. Interesting. Now, you brought up you had a jet That's boat. feed. What's that? Oh, I just, uh, that, that feed that he was, uh, that he, he mentioned there. Todd showed me a picture the other day, and this has nothing to do with musky fishing, but that feeding window. Todd, talk about that that walleye real quick. Oh, a friend of mine, Ed, got a uh, walleye up on Erie just uh, like last weekend. And uh, it's one of those, I mean, if it w- went on the computer, people would pay attention to it. There were 17... So the, the fish is filleted there, and he has 17 shad laying there. It was in wow. the walleye's belly, and and they weren't—they're not minnows. Yeah, they're 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 all wives. Yeah, but they're not little minnows. They're like four or five inch all wives. Wow, two uh, inch depths to them. You know, it's they're pretty they're, cool. <laughs> it's a pretty cool picture. Yeah, like a buffet. It's, it's a time. Feed. It was time. And they're doing it all fall. Yeah. Everybody's done walleye fishing right right now, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I've been uh, done fishing for a year. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys iced up yeah. over there? Up there? Uh, three times already. Really? Yeah, actually, uh, I just I just was at Chautauqua Lake today and uh, illegally fishing for muskies. I'm kidding. But I drove over it and... Uh, no, there was like icebergs out there. It was we had a warm up here for a little bit. Uh, it wasn't completely iced over yet. So wow. in areas there were, but yeah, my little lake come. has frozen, unfrozen, frozen, unfrozen, frozen, and I think it's unfreezing again right now. But that's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 change quick probably. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's going to probably as we speak. It's dropping temperatures. Some of the lakes a, here, they'll freeze, but nothing like you guys. You you, you can't yeah. walk on them, you know, not, yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> we had we had really cold days in October, and, like, November got really nice. And this December month was, like, a really – would be a really nice fishing month uh, so far. But we had early snow when we were gun hunting for deer. I remember we had, like, snow early, and it's really just kind of, like – tapered off into nothing right now mm-hmm. and i'm we're just waiting for to get pummeled at least i am it's i know it's, it's about it's about a been a, it'll be a year uh anniversary since i had to like come back up to the house we had whatever you know five foot of snow yeah, overnight since you had to call uh, your your hero your mentor andy I, to come up and right. <laughs> you have those giant poles all around your sidewalk and your driveway. So you know where it's at. I saw this when I was yes. your house the other day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've never so seen so many orange fiberglass poles on a, such a short driveway as Vance's. Well, I'm just, look, I'm in, I'm in a, 
Where I live, you have to keep up with the Joneses, okay? That's <laughs> just what you have to do. That's what these crazy white white people do. I'm telling you. They're all freaks. <laughs> I thought you were on here like running circles around this. You gotta you gotta keep keep up with the Joneses. That's all I gotta say. It re- Whoever's got the where I live. Okay. Last joke about yeah. these. I thought this was an agility training course for dogs. Those poles that they weave. <laughs> That's the last Listen, joke. Man. It was a joke. Look. Bugs were running. When you're when you're faced with five foot of snow and a <laughs> twelve a, a twelve inch wide shovel, you're gonna have a lot of those damn orange poles so somebody can come and plow it out. I want people to I want people to see that. So Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of snow. Vance, Vance moved in. Snow here, they would shut the whole state down for six months. <laughs> no, that would be it. Would be bad. Yeah. yeah. Vance happened to move in on the storm of the century, and mm-hmm. now he thinks it's just gospel. It's going to happen every year. Well, I like those. I like those hard winter years. I mean, at least for my, uh, you know, my case study of, of fishing for muskies when we. When the winters are bad up here, the next year the fishing's been off the off the chain. You know, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And then when we had really mild winters, you know, it just been like normal musky fishing, mm-hmm. two three fish a day. You know, and uh, but when we have those hard winters, I remember. I swear the ice came off really late last year. Uh, oh, yeah. If I can remember that correctly, I mean, it was like, we were like fishing on on Memorial Day, and I was like, hey, remember like 20 days ago when there was ice up here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. It was May. Mm-hmm. 20, <laughs> ice came off in May? Well, it was, I swear it was like April or something like that. A month, oh, a, a, a month prior, there was ice all over the damn place. Yeah, but you had a great year. Had a fantastic season. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. it was a good year. So Absolutely. I, I say, bring the winter on. I'm ready. I got the orange poles out. Let's go. Orange poles. Orange poles. <laughs> I have to look into that. The fiberglass <laughs> orange poles. Okay. My neighbors will be getting them. Keeping up with the Joneses with the orange. Look, I got orange poles out here. Yeah, you, you can mix it up and do the yellow ones too. Not really. Half of them is for for training dogs, and the other half is for five foot snows. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I'm going to make a, a Lowe's run tomorrow. I'm going to pick up another twenty. This place will be friggin' spares lit up. <laughs> okay, I need to I need to tell some people this. So, like, when Vance parks his truck in his driveway, not in the garage, you know, just normally in the driveway, I pulled my truck up to like his bumper, like a normal parking distance. And my truck was like 18 inches into the road. That's how long his driveway is. Not two truck lengths. <laughs> I'd say, I think it's like 30 feet, 35 feet, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Probably. A enough, lot of orange anyway. Enough with driveways. Yeah, I want to hear about this jet boat. Yeah. Matt, you got a jet so, boat? Yeah, so the jet that I'm running is is by no means fancy compared to a lot of what's out now. Uh, man, there's some sweet rides out there now. But 1754, all-wheeled with a uh, a 60-40 tiller, uh, Yamaha 4 straight That's what I'm running, yeah. So I'm not getting blazing speed out of it, but 
it takes me where I need to go. You know, it's uh, a transitioning to a jet boat was hard for me. And I was fortunate. I had a good friend of mine. Uh, he had a, a Triton. Uh, another friend of mine's got it now. Uh, but I was able to fish with him for two or three years and kind of see how he did that, what not to do. I learned that they're not airplanes. You can hit <laughs> stuff with them. But uh, it's a transition, man. And, that, and that's one thing I would tell people, you know, if you're coming here. I mean, I, I've been reading about and hearing about these these big name guys, you know, getting, getting jets. And uh, it's a learning curve with that. When you're, when you're going up through a, a set of rapids or a riffle and you look down and you're in three inches of water, the seat tightens up a little bit, you know. But, it leaves mark and marks in the cushion. It's and, and I can imagine, you know, it's one thing to go to a lake and and, and you know look at no wake buoys and, and shoal markers and you know channel markers and whatever and say, oh, I can go here and I cannot go here and I can slow down. When when you're on the river, man, you can't do that. If you, I mean, I can't imagine somebody going out there not knowing or, or never being through that and saying, I'm going to wing it. Let's go left. You know. That could turn into a situation real quick, and uh, but it's it's. Do you, have, do you have trim on it? Can you trim that thing? Yes, up at mine all? has mine has electric you trim. Yeah. Okay. The key to those things, and and I was you know again lucky. Uh, one of the guys here, he, he showed me all this stuff. Uh, you got to really fine tune your jack plate, your height. Uh, you got to have adjustment on that. You want that thing just to where it's not sucking air. So you're getting that max max lift, max raise. You know, everybody talks about speed. I, I could care less about speed. If I can get planed, if I can plane up, you know, before I get in a in a problem, that's all I'm looking to do. You know, speed. It, I'll get there when I get there. It's a river, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it, the that's key is why, getting those things up on plane. Yeah, that's why Andy and I got our jack plates too, and uh, just so Todd understands that more because <laughs> <I know. laughs> we yeah just yeah. so our props yeah, don't think, suck air we, we need to be able to get them just so that's right right you got draft jacking around matt's using it <laughs> i mean he, he just I will say you know like i still my, my parents uh they live on smith mountain lake down here uh, they have for years and we still go over there and, and striper fish uh mm-hmm. in the springtime some in the fall but mostly in the spring and uh i can take a jet there you know now i'm not running 60 miles an hour but there's enough boat ramps I can choose and select where I want to go, you know, and, and that's the beauty of it for us down here. I think it's, it's more of a, an all purpose kind of thing. You know? And I miss the, I miss the luxury of the big ranger sometimes, but at the same time, I, I love the versatility of the jet. You know? So you, you had, that. you had a big ranger. I had a, I had a, uh, yeah, an 18 foot, might've been 19. Right. I can't remember now. But yeah. Yeah, it was a bass boat. Uh-huh. We were we were fishing tournaments and you know doing the bass thing and in the I don't know I got I got burnt out of it I guess yeah more or less we still do it some I've got you know some of the guys that I, I fish with down here you know we'll go fish two or three tournaments on these certain lakes you know a year mostly in the spring that's that's usually when I'm doing that uh, and you know average around that that musky spawn but uh, <laughs> it just yeah. you know burning running around. Uh, five or six different lakes driving three, four, you know, hours to go somewhere to bass fish. And it's like, you know, and I mean, we had some success doing it, you know, we didn't make any money. I mean, obviously kind of like musky fishing, you know, you can win 700, but you spent 70,000, but yeah. it was still, it, it yeah. was still fantastic, you know, to go do it. But I didn't enjoy it as much as I do the muskies. 
I just didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I think a lot of people in this area have, have gone in that direction. I think it's, you did, you did transition a little bit over, right? You did some of Brandon Lilly's tournaments. Yeah, we fished the, uh, we actually fished too. We fished his West Virginia tournament this year mm-hmm. and we fished the first, uh, battle of the Virginias that he had yes. last February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was you holding a great big Virginia's. I was gonna say the big check. I saw that. We did great in that one in the uh the battle in the mountains. We had a blast. But uh muskies can be humbling. And uh we had a new vehicle. We uh my wife and I decided we were gonna pick Tahoe this year. And we found out that if the key fob is in the car and you turn it off at the boat ramp and shut the door, that it will lock. Oh yeah, yeah. That happened on uh on the second day of the Battle of the Mountains, but it worked out. Uh, you know, triple A man, you got to have it. But yeah, we uh, we we had a lot of success in that uh, that first one, the Battle of the Virginias, and I think he's doing that again. I think he's doing it in March. I want to say this year, probably to to have it so you're not doing so well because they're spawning. It's all about luck. That's what humbling, baby, humbling. It's like Chautauqua. I, I was thinking about that. You know, we fished one of Larry Jones's when Larry Jones was doing that bait fish run up there. Mm-hmm. We came up and fished for two days. Uh, the first day we went out there casting and caught like nine. Easy peasy, nothing to it. I got two on the eights and, and on bulldogs, as Vance will say, bulldog hell. Bulldog and bulldog hell. But I caught them, you know, caught some on gliders, caught some on bulldogs. Next day, tournament time, we roll out there and never saw a fish all day long. Casted, trolled, you know, <laughs> never saw a fish all day long. And I think it took, you know, I think Zach, Zach, I think was, he placed in that. But yeah, they're a humbling fish, man. I mean, you can hear today, gone tomorrow, you know. Yeah. That's how they yeah. are. And look, that was all luck. That's all it was. A lot of luck comes in, into those tournaments. Brandon puts on a great show. He puts on a, a good venue, and you know he, he goes the extra mile with that stuff, and it was a lot of fun. A lot mm-hmm. of fun. You got you guys won that one, right? You you took we did, you took, yeah, we you did. took one, yeah. That's awesome. We boated in a day and a half, I think. We we scored nine fish in a day and a half. Ooh. So I think he did it. I think he did it from like seven to five or something on Saturday, and then he did. Uh, I think it was seven to twelve on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we, we voted nine fish and got, got first place in big fish. There was a lot of fish caught in that weekend. There was a lot of, and there was guys fishing West Virginia too. Uh, I think second place had, uh, I think they had five or six fish. I was going to say, did you run away with this or, or was it competitive at nine I mean, fish? It sounds it. You know, I don't know points wise, to be honest with you. I, I never really, I mean, I'm sure he's got it, but I, I never did find out what, because that's how he's doing it, you know, big fish. Little. You you can get a 50-incher, which it wasn't any 50s caught in that tournament. Big fish was 46 and a quarter. My partner caught that fish. And, uh, you know, you, you can get a 50-inch fish and score basically three, you know, whatever, 32 inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, we had Saturday, we had, uh, we boated six. We actually boated more than that. We had two shorts, and I'll tell the story. You know, I, I did check with my partner for before this. You were talking about a, a fish story, but I'll, I'll let this slide. But uh, tell away. When we get out there in the winter time, you know, we fish a lot. The maintenance of the equipment falls down. You know, 
and relating to, to Paul Vance's three nets, uh, my net had seen better days. <laughs> and uh, we voted but number seven. Yeah, we had it. We had it. But that's good. We voted. Yeah, we voted number that's seven, good. and uh, it was you know it was another small fish. It was scoreable, probably I'd say 37, 38 inches. And and we're trying to deal. You know, we got more crap in the boat. I mean, it, the weather's bad. It's getting later in the day. Of course, you know, we, we don't normally bump 37-inch fish, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, we don't normally take pictures of them. Get them, get them back, you know. So we're having to deal with all the stuff we're not used to dealing with. And I had to look down. This fish is in the net upright. And I see it in this clear water. I see this hole in the net. And I can tell in this fish's face, he is looking at this hole. And he's thinking about it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through. And I reach down. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. I said, he's going to swim through it. And he takes off. He gets he gets kind of bogged up about halfway through down his body. And, man, the tail kicks. And he was gone just like that. <laughs> and I, I look at, you know, I look at my partner. I look at Duke. I'm like, man, if we lose this tournament over that, I said, that's really going to suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's your net. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and, and – I probably should have checked that before we got out there, you know, but it had, it had worked for the, for the other ones that day. And then that fish, man, you could see it in its eye. It was thinking, you know, it was, it was still empty, man. I'm telling you, but it got a lot of zip ties that, that Saturday night. I was going to say, why didn't you just peel off some braid and just tie some knots? Well, we did after that. Okay. Okay. Good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, oh yeah. We fixed it right then after that. I've, I've got, uh, about 800 zip ties in the boat right now. So we're going to be prepared next time. Yeah. Next time same thing problem. happened to, uh, same thing happened to Dale, Dale Wiley and I down at uh, cave run 2002, uh, netted the fish. It was a 40 incher. Well, we find out later, luckily, but, uh, same thing, fish in the net. And, uh, that fish went through a hole in my net. Head sticking out, half the body, and uh, you know that darn thing. We reached out and grabbed it on the outside of the net and put it into a live well. We were allowed to transport him back then. We threw it into the live well, took it to the judge boat, and Dale was like, "You, you need to fix your net." I'm like, "I don't usually net like 40 inches, you know. We yeah. just weren't used to doing that." So you guys yeah, have to get in there and get to wrapping and twisting, you know. Yeah. Not good for them. It's not good for me. And and you know, but that was that day. You had to do it. You know, you got to get them mm-hmm. up. You got to take a picture of them. You got to bump them. And I will. I will never forget that as long as I live. It. You know. Luckily, it, it worked out. But uh, still won. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the ones. You know. It was. It was a learning lesson, and it's going to be a story for the grandkids. <laughs> when we could have no double digited on that tournament, but instead my net gave it up. As as a matter of fact, I called Brandon the second day, or text him. We were still on the water. And I said, if you've got any of those RS nets, why don't you just bring on bring one of those on to the banquet? Yeah, I think it's I think it's time for an upgrade. And that's that's when yeah we got the which is the RS net that's the bomb. But yeah, that, that's how that played out. So, it was it was a fun time. It you know like I said, it was a lot of fish caught and Brandon man he put on a put on a rocking venue man. Looking I'm looking forward to the next one. Same thing with the Battle of the Mountains. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Real nice. So now, now your boat. You said it was a seventeen fifty four, correct? Yep. And 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 the way I decipher that, it's seventeen foot long, fifty four inches wide. Correct. All right. Correct. Is is it like a like an Alaskan style, you know, shell of a boat? 
I'm going somewhere with this. Or is it like carpeted yeah, I, with decks and stuff like that? So, so mine is, it's aluminum, but carpeted on the inside. And the reason I did that, I mean, it's cheap carpet. It's the outdoor carpet from Lowe's, but summertime down here, man, I got the family out there. We're, we're smallmouth fishing. We're swimming. And that aluminum gets blue blazes hot. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I put the carpet in there. But I, I had a, I've got an extension, you know, like a, a deck extension built. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three batteries are up front. I found that to be helpful with the jets, you know, especially if you're by yourself. So all your weight's not in the back. And at least in my boat, they're all different. But in my boat, it, it helped a whole lot. So I got all three batteries and onboard charger up front in that extension box. But right. On the inside, it's, it's similar to a bass boat, really. Okay, was it was it formed aluminum kind of like that? It wasn't just like a, a a tin boat with with benches, or was it? You know, it sounds like you you know you put that deck extension, or is it? I'm trying to get this idea to try to help other people envision this because I have always wanted a jet boat, and you got a jet boat, and I want to talk to you about it. Is it like a bass the aluminum bass boat style hauls, or is this like a flat? You know, like the flat bottoms. Uh, it's more, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story on that boat. It's more of the bass boat style hull. Okay. What happened with that is I had waited and waited to get one. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. I couldn't find the right thing. I was looking at used boats. You have to watch jets because people, there's some great used boats out there, especially now. But back then it was a little harder because people would just take any boat and put a jet on it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not what you want. You know, you got to have the motors got to be, it's got to be powered. You push that hole up. You gotta have you gotta have the inside set up like you want. Some guys like center console. I don't. I like an open floor plan. But that boat was a steering wheel prop boat uh, that a friend of mine in South Carolina had. Called me out of the blue one day. He said, "You want this boat? I'm gonna sell it." He told me the price. I said, "Yeah, I'll take it." So I actually took that whole steering console out. Basically, gutted that boat. Uh, sold the motor had a great it was a mercury 40 horsepower prop on that boat mm-hmm. uh, i fished it like that maybe two or three times just to get the feel for it mm-hmm. and I, I sold the motor you know ripped the ripped the steering wheel out gutted the boat and, and started from scratch bought a brand new motor uh bolted it on and, and set it up but more it really built more like a bass boat okay definitely yeah flat bottoms will work and you can get a lot of speed out of a flat bottom mm-hmm. but where that's going to hurt you is if you have any inclination of fishing anywhere that's going to be rougher water, where you're going to get like like Chautauqua, you know Chautauqua gets bumpy. I was up there a couple of times. I know what you guys are talking about when when you talk about the waves up there. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the flat bottom's going to punish punish you. You have nothing up front to cut that at all, or and in the back, you know, it's slapping all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you see a lot more center consoles here now, and that's. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way we fish. You know, I'm a fan of the tiller. I'm, I'm a fan of the tiller. That's why Vance. I love about, the tiller. You know, love yeah, the tiller. I mean that that big tiller you had was. You got all that room, man. I mean, it's just wide open. That's what I miss that, most about it. I mean, yeah, it, no doubt. Especially you guys guiding, taking you know taking people out. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Like you say, they show up at the boat ramp with nine forty quart coolers and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps a whole lot when you have that but mm-hmm. then you know of course it's got it's got it's like anything else pros and cons man it's, it's yeah. got pros and cons and that's why i waited because i i saw some people kind of jump into it 
you know, and, and it's like if you come down here with an 1860, you know, and, and that's a big boat. It, I mean, who wouldn't want a bigger boat? The problem is if you do get hung up, you know, some places out there, and you don't have to be running. You could be floating down a river, and you get, you know, you tap a rock, get hung up, turn sideways. You have to get out and physically move that big boat and mm-hmm. get, it, get it back where, you know, where it needs to be. And, and man, you, you can get too big of a boat for that real quick down here. I've seen some guys put some, put some nice boats in some bad situations. And it'll bring tears to you, Alan. You know, $30,000 boat, you know. Mm, it's all rock, wrapped around a log. Steel. I mean, yeah. I mean, still, there's railroad tracks in this river. You know, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Cars, then, you know. I, I know the new river's big, but anytime when people mention the new or the James or anything like that, I think of whitewater rafting and how technical uh, some of the, the areas in those, those rivers are. Uh, yeah. And how much crap I saw on the shorelines, like railroads uh, and things and things like that, and cargo, uh, you know, cargo stuff from trains and that, just like rolling down the hill. So, yeah, rivers, uh, rivers scare the shit out of me. Uh, if you know, going fast and putting a, a, a big boat on there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I always like you know you'll hear me talk about like when Andy's driving. Uh, <laughs> In this old 681, I'm just like, man, this, I don't want, if it's coming, I don't want to see it. You know, (laughs) so I just go to the Yeah, you don't want to brace for it. We, yeah, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm just going to, I don't want to see it. Right. Uh, I'd rather it just happen instantaneously. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) yeah, that, that, that stuff's, that stuff's nuts. And you see, um, I'll I'll take river guys out on on Chautauquans. Todd will as well, um, and they always talk about jet boats, and I always ask questions. You know, uh, it's just it's something new uh, to get through kind of the the Groundhog Day of any work any any yeah. work profession, but it's something different. Uh, and they always I'm always inquiring about these jets and they'll be showing me these videos of the jets and how they're running them and in their own personal videos of them getting hung up and how they got around it and uh you know and sometimes like i'll get you know go down like a youtube wormhole with them mm-hmm. uh, and and watch people how they're driving them and like literally hit a jump that was made like go up on this like they're jumping oxbow lakes thing. and stuff and 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 then going back into the water, and I'm just like, I uh, I could never do that with a boat. If I had a jet <laughs> boat, I'd be like out there like a pappy. I'd just be like, yeah, like gas break, gas break, gas break, gas break. You know. Yeah. Uh, so the key, you know, and that's that's the thing. That's one thing that you have to learn is when you're in that shallow water, you stay on that throttle. And it's hard sometimes, you know, when you're trying, you're looking, you're reading, but if you let off that throttle, when you come off plane, you're, you're going to hit and it's going to hurt. Stay on that throttle, you know, opposite of what the lake guys are doing. Yes, sir. Exactly right. And you, it's like your your natural, your natural instincts, like say, slow down when you're coming up on the structure, maybe. Yeah. You're just saying, we got to go. We got to go. I'll sit in the floor kids. Cause you know, yeah, (laughs) sit down there and, and, Mm -hmm. That's another thing I tell people too is, so you can get on uh, federal, you know, NOAA's website and look at the the flow of these things. 
and we floated these rivers, you know, when we first started fishing them years ago in canoes. I mean, that's what we did. And that's one thing that helped us is, is all the stuff that we're, we're running jets in now. You know, we used to float fish it. That's what we did. So we knew, you know, some of the shoots and all that stuff. But you've got to learn if your flow is 2,500, you can get through this spot, this spot, and this spot. If your flow is 1,200, you're not going to make it. And you can try it but you're going to hit and you, you know, you can really tear something up. So that's the point. You, you've got to look at that and say, like me, I look at that and say, well, I'm not going there. You know, I might go catch 80 muskies in 30 minutes, but I'm not going, you know, that's, yeah. you, you, you just can't, you know, like I said, they're not airplanes and people, it's a learning curve. It's, it's just, it's a big learning curve. It really is. You know, that you brought up a really good point. I mean, I, I was going for a different angle, but then, you know, we, we went this way. But that, that looking at the, the flow, I used the yep. United States Geological Service to watch my yep. river. USGS, yeah. And, yep. you know, they, they have on my river like four points that I can, I can monitor that I, you know, you, you, you'll learn to read the information that's there. And, like, I can watch... You know, like for me, like I'll just give out some of the stuff that seems obvious when I tell you this, but it took me a while to actually put it together. You get an inch of rain here in the summer, it's different than if you get an inch of rain in March on how Absolutely. the how the river reacts. You yeah, can, I mean, we had uh, over the last two days, I mean, I'm going to say they were calling for one to two inches. We, we probably got to, and I mean, that river, say normal flow would be 2,500, and it's running 30,000 right now. Because there's, you know, there's a snow melt, the ground saturated. I mean, it's flooded. You know, it, it's flooded. And it, it happened in less than 24 hours. But you're right. You can get one to two inches in the summer. Nah, you know, it goes up 1,500. Yeah. No big deal. And the other, like, I'm looking at these data points on, on the river, and I'm like, you know what really affects me more? You know, like, I'm like, ah, I can't believe it's raining. My river shot. No, it's everything upstream is more important than what's happening exactly where you're at. You can get an inch of river, uh, inch of river, inch of uh, rain at the boat launch and nothing upstream of it. You're golden. Yep. Yep. That's right. Exactly right. And, and it, yep. and I, I, then I, there's also, there's some uh, flood control army Corps mm -hmm. stuff here that's, you know, it's, I'm watching that. How, how is that going to affect the stuff downstream? How long does it take for it to affect the stuff downstream? Uh, yeah. the one that I have here has, I think two, six foot diameter pipes. It's, it's, it's not, it's not controlled. It's just whatever these pipes can push out. And I noticed that at a certain CFM, I'm like in 24 hours, it's going to be a third of that. There's like a, like it hits this crest point and then just plummets. And then I yeah. can, I can monitor that. Okay. It's going to take about 12 to 16 hours for it to hit where I want it to hit that huge, you know, and like, you know, I never have to worry about, CFM in in order to get to different holes because I'm running a prop on this on this river, and right. but I mean that was something that I never had to deal with. But that was really interesting to hear that like I'm watching flow just to see can I get to my favorite spot or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were doing uh, a couple years ago. We were doing bass tournaments in the evenings up here after work, and uh, man, we got away with it. We were we were we were having some good days and uh, getting where we needed to get and. and Finally, I think it was mid-August, you know, and, and it dropped to that point. And, uh, you know, he tried it. Boy, with me, tried it. And I said, man, it's not going to be a good idea. And, yeah, it wasn't a good idea. But it, when it drops, it drops, and, and that's it. You couldn't get there, you know. 
yeah. not without tearing something up. And that, it's to me, it's not worth that. You know, you you, you got to play it smart. You know, be able to fish tomorrow, not not tear up your boat and tear up your rig. It's not worth all that. Yeah, the, these fish are not made of gold, and no, you put them back no, anyway. It's so it's a fish. Yeah, and like I say, I'm not. I'm not looking to buy a boat, you know, every six months and uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make them last, take care of them and get your money's worth out of them. Just much like nets. It's really like nets, you know? Oh yeah. If you, yeah. If, you uh, yeah. if you, if you don't let your net fill up full of holes, you know, like me, oh. that's your only good plan, man. You just, you, you constantly get new ones. You don't got to worry about holes. He doesn't Abra like the, 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 the <laughs> sticker getting wore off on yeah, the handle. Disappear. That's right. I yeah. like uh, just just for the record. Now, it's for the record. I'm gonna say this. I liked the bobber popping out of the handle deal. There you go. I like yeah. it. Yeah. That that I would I pay like for that. It. I like it too. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would buy that. Yeah. yeah. That was a pretty good idea. But all right, I'm gonna jump back a little bit. When I started talking to you about like your hull being 17 foot, 54 inches wide, and you hit on it a little bit about weight distribution in the boat and how does that affect the stuff that you haul for musky fishing you mean how does how does my tackle affect uh, yeah i mean yeah i used to haul 80 pounds of tackle when i'd go between boats and yeah and it does it, it makes it makes a big difference and so when when two of us go of course you know we, we're dragging two big lake woods uh winter time we don't we don't usually you know we don't carry a cooler but you know, May June, we're going to have some ice. We're going to have we're going to have some some bottles of water and all that. So, and that's a lot of weight right there. But it, it makes a big difference. It takes you a lot longer to plane out, uh, and you gotta you gotta account for that. And, and not only that, I'm running 12 gallons of fuel, and I did that more for the lakes than I did the river. But it's a big difference between six six and 12 gallons of fuel back there. Uh, but when I set that motor up, I set it up with the heaviest weight possible. You know, that's that's how I set mine up. So I felt comfortable on playing with with pretty much the max amount of tackle. You know, eight nine rods, two lake woods. You know, two big guys. That's that's pretty much how I set it up. But it, it does make a big difference. By myself, when I'm out there by myself, man, I'm hate the throttle. I'm gone. You know, mm-hmm. no no issues at all. But it, it matters. It really does. And that's again, you know, you got to understand you. Knowing that area, knowing those holes, you know, you might have half a mile or, or even a mile to plane up in this hole. The next hole, you got 75 yards. You need to be, you need to be got up and gone. If you can't get up in 75 yards, you need to turn around and go back. Uh, or you're going to tear something up. It's, it's that close. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, all rock. I mean, it really, it's all limestone and, and, you know, round river rock. It's hard stuff. Yeah. It that, doesn't give. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that is one of those, you know, another interesting point, you know. So I'm just I'm going to just say exactly what you said before. You might have like the best stretch of, you know, fishing you have. I'm going to use your example 75 yards. If your boat can't plane up in that thing, you might as well just keep going past it. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Cuz you'll get Yeah, you you're stuck there more or less. And in the summer too, you know, we get we get grass. Doesn't Jets help. will suck up anything. I mean, leaves, grass, you know, they suck it up and it will, one leaf, one, one sycamore leaf will, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're just, you're, you're dead. You're dead in the water. So you got to factor that into, you know, when that grass is dragging the top of the river, you, you're not going to get through that. Not going to happen. I mean, 
some are better than others. Newer, the newer motors that have that sharper uh, impeller inside of them, they'll do better than, than one that's wore down a little bit. But it's uh, all that's got to be taken into account. It's like I say, it's a whole different, whole different ball game than a prop for sure. All right, and well, I'm still, to be honest with you, I mean, still getting used to that. I've had that boat for fished out of jets for better than ten years, probably, and and had this one for five, and still, still getting used to it. Okay, one last thing about your boat before we before we move on to your fish story. Have you ever been on like a critical stretch and sucked up a rock, a leaf, a weed, a stick, and it just killed you <laughs> in like the most critical part? I have not been in a situation where I couldn't stop and adjust, you know, get the leaves off, get the grass off. You guys have showstoppers up there when you're trolling the, the, the big 2,000-pound yes. wads of weeds. When yes. In the fall here, when, when that grass starts, you know, it starts deteriorating and starts dying, there'll be wads, not like that, but maybe some of them be big as a, a top of a 55-gallon drum. Man, you can be running. It was a two or three years ago. It was cold. It was probably November. We were we were running down down river first light, and I hit one of those things. And you talk about tackle flew up in the front of the boat. I mean, right now, just stopped right now. I didn't know what I hit, and I you know of course raised the motor up and it looks like swamp thing back there hanging off the back <laughs> of it. But that's I've never been in that situation where I can't do what I need to do to to get you know to adjust, but. You know, again, you got to, that's just, it's all about planning. You got to, it helps to know. I mean, it, I can't imagine being, being somebody that had never done it and, and trying to go out there and do that because education costs, man, big time. And I just, you know, it's a tough thing. It, it takes time to learn it. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to get a little jet, you know, some little tiller, some tinny boat and go explore more of my river. Then I realize I don't have time for any of that. I don't even it have time to think about it. You, but, <laughs> yeah, it opens up a lot to you. It really does. I'm, and it's great too, because I can take, I mean, my boat is, and that's a big reason why I transitioned to that. I can take my family, my wife, you know, two kids out there, uh, you know, we can go play. It's, I mean, what's better than a clear river with, with a, a pebble rock bottom, you know, six inches deep, full of smallmouth for kids in the summertime. And crayfish mm-hmm. and other minnows you can snag yeah, up. I and, mean, it's, you know, fantastic man i mean they love it and it's been it's been a good investment no doubt and a good way to enjoy it nice awesome now vance todd you have any questions before he gives us this fish story no we're good man it's very interesting thinking about those jets especially you could run them all year most of the time all right i get enough like (laughs) yeah yeah so all right, Matt. Fish story? I, I'm, I, we're ready for your fish story. All right, so I've, I've thought about this since you and I talked earlier this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this one that keeps popping up into my mind. Now, we've done some dumb stuff, you know, so I could, I could go into a whole lot of stories here, but I talked about the canoes, you know, and, and really I should say it was a canoe. It was a flat-back canoe. And this has probably been, I don't, I don't remember what year. I'd say at least 18 to 20 years ago. James River, the guy I fish with now, uh, we decide, you know, summertime, 4th of July, we're going to go on this camping adventure, okay? I want you to, I'm going to paint this picture. Two big guys, it's it's 100, you know, 107 outside, humidity about 
and 400. <laughs> so we're going to go out there. We're going to, we're going to load up all the stuff in this canoe. We're going to take this 15, 16 mile float. Half of this part, which we, the lower part we've never been to. So this is going, this is an adventure. We're, we're scouting, we're scoping it out. You're winging it. We're winging it. And we got two sleeping bags, two pillows, a jar of peanut butter, loaf of bread, case of water, case of beer. So let's go. We park my truck at the bottom. We put in with his truck. We take off, you know, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, catching smallmouth, having a blast, checking, you know, kicking back, relaxing. And we go, and we go, and we go. And, and, and I'm going to highlight this, too. Back then, sunscreen was not a priority, okay? It's, it's hot. And it's sunny. There's still the ozone layer. That, yeah. And, I mean, we're, you know, we're cooking like bacon at 7-Eleven. And <laughs> so I, I started asking, you know, this, this friend of mine, I started saying, man, you know, should we be thinking about maybe stopping and figuring out somewhere to camp? I mean, Let's go a little further. You know, we're we're thinking we're going night fish. You know, we're going we're going to slide out there. We're going to throw some top water. We're you know we're going we're going to fish a little bit after dark. So we're looking for that perfect hole, and that perfect hole is just not coming. And finally, right before dark, man, we're shot. We're tired. You know, we got to stop. And we end up sleeping. I don't know. It was it was on the side of a bank. I can remember large rocks. It was not like you had a a soft place to you know to lay this sleeping bag out and just, you know peanut butter loaf of bread wake up in the morning man stiff can't move can't walk uh slumped over sleeping on rocks all night both of us feel like complete hell you know sunburnt and you know i'm like man i'm gonna kill you you know th- th- what are you what have you got me into here and and so we get you know we finally get motivated we get get this canoe loaded back up to the hill uh you know we start fishing sun comes up we're, we're catching some fish on top we're getting back into it I kid you not, we go no more, no more than 200 yards around a turn, and we're looking at my truck. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so we, we had camped literally like we, we had done the whole thing the first day. And I'm like, dude, I'm oh not. God. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sitting out here fishing in this hole all day. I'm like, to hell with this. I'm done. You know, <laughs> but I, I will never forget that, man. I mean, it was just epic stupid. You know, oh my God. but Did you, you got to think, and, and this way, there was no smartphones in, you know, I mean, you were cool if you had a flip phone. So we, I mean, you know, GPS, we didn't know where we were, but yeah. probably, we probably should have done a little bit better planning on that. But yeah, it was, it was epic, man. And then, you know, not really efficient story, but I figured I'd share that. I shared the net. That's hilarious. I'll, I'll throw that out there too. It was, it was good stuff, man. Oh my gosh. How much sh- should have, could have, would have. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. for the sleeping, been like, oh my god, we could have slept right there and in, in oh, I was I was seized up like a pretzel, man. I mean, I, uh, I you know sleeping on boulders and uh, and, like, and you could have slept in your bed. Like, you, That's what yeah, the thing yeah. is. You could have drove home in the air condition. Yeah, ate something besides peanut butter, and we went around <laughs> the fair, and it was like that that Clark Griswold moment, man, when the drums go, and you're like, "That's my truck!" Oh my god, you know? Oh my god! See, it was classic. It was classic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, can tell, I can tell those stories, you know. You guys oh, were lying. If you did that yeah. in a day, I mean, I kept asking him. I'm like, man, you know, do you think oh, let's, let's go a little more? You know, it was a little more, a little. I mean, we were we were covered mileage mileage in that little more you know of course we were catching you know we were catching fish and, and, and having a good time but yeah could have killed it in a day 
I haven't camped on the side of the river since. It's yeah. not. I mean, camping's I, not that fun. Roughing, it's not that fun. I, I'm. I'm. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm in agreement with you there. I'm over it with that. With the roughing. <laughs> yeah. I am too. sleep sleep on on like cinders and stuff and uh, way over it. Give me give me a bed and a shower. Yes. Please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. I have no problem. Way too old for that. I have no There's problem. A case of beer and white bread and peanut butter. I love white bread and peanut it. butter, baby. Yeah, I love my we're peanut tough. butter sandwich. We're we're going on a Chuck Norris adventure right here. I mean, mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, there's gonna be seven pound smallmouth jumping in the boat when we get to this mm-hmm. magic oh, yeah. area. That's yeah. a football throw away from. That's me. right beside your truck. Yeah, <laughs> you could have shot <laughs> it with a rifle. Yep. Um, yeah, I told him. I actually told him. I said, "That's that's what I'm thinking." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, we've done some dumb stuff, but that's probably right up there with the top three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I said, just, yeah. I can just see like you guys get. To me, I have a canoe. I like it, but the the uncomfortableness with it, the uneasy, that the the crampness of it, it, it's not a desirable vessel that I always want to go and grab like first thing. So you guys get this all packed down with all this extra weight and like these provisions the last day too. Yes, sir. It, and it, I'm it, talking three batteries, you know, trolling motor on the back of that thing. Now I did, I had fabricated normal seats, normal rotating casting seats in that day. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a little bit of back support. We still got it. I mean, we still, the weather gets bad enough. Now we'll, we'll deploy that baby now. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we don't roll in the two day trips. No, we don't need <laughs> that anymore. But I can remember that thing. You know, we're trying to paddle it, and it's it weighs. You know, good God, two thousand pounds. And like you'd be paddling and paddling those rapids, and it's not moving. Yeah, I mean, like you're going sideways, and it's just like I right, get out because mm-hmm. it had so much. We're walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk it down, man. Walk it down. Yeah. But it was golly good time. That's but that's how you learn. You know. And I can I can laugh about that now. I mean, it was fine, you know, whatever. But we learned, you know. And now all these resources now, you can pull up GPS and, you know, we're going to try to do the PMTT this year at Cave Run. I've already bought the map, you know, because it's easier to get that stuff now. You know, you don't have to, to drive nine hours and go to the tackle shop to get the map. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it – you learn to do that research ahead of time. You, mm-hmm. learn, to, mm-hmm. you learn to spend that time and do it. But that's one of those I will never, I will never live it down, and I will never forget it. I guess it's better than the other. Is that in in the darkness you passed your truck by a couple hundred yards, and, and you did something like at a campsite? You're like, oh, look at that funny tree right there, and then you end up paddling all the next day, and like, yeah, where's the truck? Exactly. And then you finally figure it out, and then you someone you you make it back to your truck, and you're like, there's that funny looking tree. We yeah. passed it two minutes before we decided to put this thing on the bank and sleep all crooked. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Last minute, I had some friends that spent the night in a duck blind on the Chesapeake Bay, got turned around in a storm and fog, called the Coast Guard. Damn. And everybody told the lady, yeah, told the lady on the phone, we don't know where we are. And she said, well, we don't either. Yeah. So, Ooh. Oh yeah, call us back in the morning. You know, call us back when the fog lifts. You're fine there. You got whatever you need, and they did. They made it through the night and uh, had been out maybe four hours, and got caught in that wind and stuff, and and ended up they came and got them. Uh, 
took them to get their trailer and bring it to a closer location. They were 27 miles by water from where they put in. Ooh. 27 miles. It happens quick, man. You know, that's a good thing about a river. You can't do that, but you can go past point B. And if you go past point B, that's. It's harder to go back. (laughs) Yes, it is. You're walking railroad tracks, hiking the tracks. That's what you're doing. But it it happens quick. Yeah. They're good stories, man. You know, like my, my buddy, Tim, you know, he has like a little 10 foot tinny and 12 foot tinny or something like that. And he has like one or two batteries. He'll put his little Minn Kota on the back of these things. He just, you know, puts them in the bed of his truck. And he's, he's like, you know, when we'd fish, it'd be like, you want to go upstream or downstream? Let's go downstream. He goes, I go upstream a lot. And I'm like, well, why do you do that? He goes, because if I go upstream and my battery dies, I'm going to make it back to my truck. It yeah. might, it might take yeah. me a little longer, but I'm going to get back to the truck. <laughs> You'll always float back. That's right. Always float back. Yeah. Just like what you were talking about with the kicker the other day, man. It, mm-hmm. I could see that, you know, I, I went out there on Erie a couple of times uh, and when I was up there and, and yeah, I mean, you, you lose power out there. That could be a big problem. And having that, having that second motor set up the way you need it to and being able to depend on it, <laughs> that could, that could make a big difference in your day. Yeah. You always you, want your kicker more reliable than your main motor. Yeah. But my kicker. The old kicker. Kickers are good. Excellent. This is a great place to stop. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, guys. I really, you know, man, really thanks enjoyed for it. coming on. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, and uh, you guys doing great. You're 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 keeping the musky world entertained, man. Keep it up. Well, we're trying to. We're trying. <laughs> we're trying. I don't know how good we do sometimes, but we try. <laughs> we love it. But uh, hit, hit hit your shout outs again. Yeah, so uh, Muskie's Inc. Chapter seventy six down here, uh, down here in Virginia, uh, Virginia Tooth Tamers. You know, it's a possibility here. Maybe sometime soon, there may be some fundraisers, lures, raffles, whatever. I don't know about all that yet, but uh, just shout out to those guys for doing a good job. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for it. We can use all the support we can get. And uh, like I say Baker Bates, Zach Baker, Ohio. Needs uh, no introduction. And uh, Chad Weiss, Weiss Bates, man, give him give him a look in Ohio. Uh, guys got some good stuff catching catching a lot of fish on those plugs. So, Fantastic. killer paint, killer paint on that stuff. So, yeah, hook it up. Excellent. Big thanks to Fatty Z Muskie Products, fattyzmuskie.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, Ranger Boats, St. Croix Rods, Boss Shad, Vicks Marine and Sports Center, and Muskies Inc. Join your local chapter, be part of the bigger picture. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Matt, and, you know, good luck fishing, hunting, whatever you're doing, Christmas, happy holidays. Yeah, uh, happy holidays to you guys, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, that time of year, so it's going to be Happy New Year. So thanks for listening.